Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Well, welcome into the ESPN Roundtable, and happy this week to be joined by former University of Montana head football coach Mick Delaney. Coach Delaney, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Well, doing really well. Just kind of wintering up here a little bit and not liking the snow that's on the ground. You know how that goes when you like to play golf. You don't like that white stuff. I thought now I thought they had a way in uh, in Butte that you could golf in the snow. I thought it was a tw- like a 365 day a year kind of activity with with uh, you know balls made of ice and so forth. Well, I they I haven't given me any of those yet, or I'd probably <laughs> give it a try. <laughs> well, coach, we certainly appreciate you being with us, and there's so much to get to, but we wanted to start first with Montana being back in the playoffs and with a bye for the first time uh, since with a bye since the first time uh, last time you were coaching. The last time that happened, what's it like going into the playoffs and having a bye as you get ready for the week? There's sort of a discussion about whether it's helpful or hurtful, coach. Houck certainly thought, especially with the situation with the health of a lot of the players it was important for them to have that week off but is there something like momentum that a team coming in to play you can ride if they've played the week before you know i think there's something to that but uh, when you weigh the pros and the cons of, of both of them you know to me anyway i i think that week off is always good at this point in the season uh, you know probably wouldn't be crazy about it if you had a late season buy but, uh, you know, when you haven't had a bye for whatever it's been, five, six weeks, uh, I think it comes at a good time just to kind of recharge physically and mentally and, and you know, give you a chance to regroup a little bit. And uh, hopefully it doesn't kill any momentum. But, uh, you know, there's probably different thoughts and different ideas as to whether it does or doesn't. But 
just from the overall perspective of preparation and, and you know, it's given the body a rest. They've been gone since August, whatever it is, you know, 8th, 9th, 10th, and, and I think it comes at a good time. Injuries are just a part of football. It's just a fact of the matter. And, and guys, you know, ver- varying levels of being hurt or banged up or truly injured, it's all across the spectrum, and you never know when it's going to come. But like watching the Cackers game a couple weeks back, they had some of the best players in the country. Sammy Kim not in the game for Montana. Troy Anderson not in the game at Montana State. When you were a head coach and just throughout your coaching career, what were some of your thoughts and theories on trying to mitigate and, and maintain guys' health? Because it is, it's it's always this time of year you're going to have guys that are banged up. So, I mean, it, it seems like it's impossible to keep them healthy. Well, you know, again, with that long long of a season, you, you know, uh, week-wise, and, and that's what happens, you know, in the NFL, is that extra four weeks or five weeks of, of football just wears and tears on, uh, on the body. But, you know, I, I think overall, with the rule changes as far as how you can conduct practice and, and those type of things that it's really helped, you know, to probably to from top to bottom to, to give the guys an opportunity, maybe not to be near as beat up as they, as they may have been. But, you know, when it gets really noticeable is when it's a quarterback. And, you know, I, I still think Snead was, you know, hurt last week or two weeks ago when they played you MSU and was not, you know, able to go at full strength. And I remember when I was there, I think uh, Denarius uh, McGee was hurt, you know, the last two years that he played, the last two or three, four games of the season. So, you know, at that position, it's really critical that you that you stay healthy. And, and uh, it seems like it's, you know, it's difficult to do, especially with the way things have changed a little bit as, you know, how much you need that quarterback to use his legs and to do some things that, you know, that they're doing now. And then it just puts you out there a little bit and, and puts you in a position to, you know, to possibly get some injuries late in the year. Coach Coulter and I have talked a lot this week about the the rivalry game and certainly what, what it was this year, but also in general, every year, win or lose, if you go into the postseason, you sort of have to, seems to me, recalibrate your team. You know, if you're coming off the high of a win, you kind of got to get back to that baseline and stay hungry. And if you have the disappointment of the loss, you got to try and work through those emotions and still get up and ready to play a playoff game. When you look at that game, especially the one, the way it played out uh, uh, this this year in Bozeman, what do you think the challenges will start with with Bobby Houck and the Grizzlies to try and overcome that huge disappointment and try and still, you know, look ahead to southeastern Louisiana this week? Well, you know, I think the way that that most coaches, including Bobby and probably Coach Choate, both, you know, you approach that game and it's such a high emotional game and, and uh, you know, but it's still a game on the schedule that you know, you don't prepare any less or any harder for that particular game than, you know, than you do any other game in the season. The emotions run higher, but the preparation and, and the work are, you know, the same, whether you're playing each other or whether you're playing Sac State or, you know, Cal Davis. And I, I, I think any more that most coaches, and I know I always try to do to make it, you know, there's nothing you can do about the past. <laughs> you know, what happened two weeks ago is over and gone, and, and you got to get by it and, and, you know, get back to work and look at the positives that you've had, 
you know, through the season and, and take a look at the negatives that you've had and figure those out and just get back to the grind and, and try to straighten out the, you know, the things that you didn't do well and, and make sure that you continue to do the things that you did do well during the, through the season. Talking to Coach Chode every week is so interesting because he's just such a great orator, such a great speaker, and and he just, you know, he lays it all out there. He talks and talks and talks and talks, but he's so fun to listen to. But he has he has given sort of introspective updates on his own personal evolution as a coach, and he admitted this week, he said, you know, last year when we were coming off the great comeback win in Missoula, and then we kind of rode the momentum of that win to a first-round playoff birth and then we hit a wall we, we couldn't figure out how to get through that wall and then you know, when the wall also includes going to Fargo to play North Dakota State tough task for sure but he said that he has just learned so much about the process of being a head coach and now that he's into the playoffs for the second time just how to navigate it from in terms of his kids just broadly as a guy who spent so much time as an assistant but also had multiple head coaching stints how much of a learning curve is it to be a head coach especially when it comes to things like preparing for the playoffs preparing to play games after high emotion games like cat grizz games well i think just the experience of doing those things has to be you know one of the probably the really uh necessary learning experiences because every guy is going to handle it differently. You know, you can, I mean, I could call coach Choate if I was somewhere else or, or him call coach Peterson or call coach Houck or coach Houck call, you know, coach Neuheisel or whatever guys that you've worked for. And, you know, they can give you thoughts and ideas about, you know, how you want to, how you want to go forward, I guess would be the word, but it, it still has to be you, you know, your personality, uh, you can't just change a bunch of things because it's the playoffs, but you can take, you know, maybe organizational things a little bit as to what you do, you know, for other people. But as far as how you're actually going to conduct your business and work with your assistant coaches and that type of thing, I'm, I think that has to be you and be what you've done to get to where you're at. This last Cat Grizz game was a very interesting one. It's the, the most the, the Cats have beaten the Grizz since 1966. So a historic victory in terms of just the margin and the way that the Cats took care of business. I'm sure I know you follow both these programs closely. So what were your thoughts just overall on this last Cat Grizz game? Well, you know, I just uh, it was really unexpected by me. I, I really thought that it would be a, like it has been, you know, most years just a knockdown drag out and, and – uh, you know, go into that fourth quarter not knowing who's going to win. And, and, you know, we were fortunate enough a couple times that I was at Montana anyway to, you know, to get a, oh, I can remember it, 35 to 3. But, you know, most of them are, were, you know, not decided until until the fourth quarter. And this one here, in some respects, I looked at it and I thought, you know, this might have been decided on that second play of the game. No doubt. On that fumble because it just seemed like, for whatever reason, the air went out or the... You know, uh, I don't know. You know, if you knew that, I guess you'd never lose a game. But it was just, it was shocking to me to see, you know, the the margin uh, of victory that, that MSU had. And in the same turn, it, it uh, was surprising to me to see them run the ball as well as they did because Weaver had come in the week, week before as, you know, the number one, two rushing team along with Montana State and and. The Grizz did a really good job of stopping the rush against them, and then to give up 300 plus yards, you know, is is kind of shocking, really. 
I want to take you back to 2013. We had Brock Coyle on our show last week, uh, the Friday right before Kacker is. Bozeman native, former Montana linebacker, who had a great NFL career after his time playing for the Grizzlies. But we talked a lot about the 2013 Kakaris game because that one to me is a really fascinating moment in the rivalry because it was sort of this culmination of a couple groups of excellent players that had battled it out for many years playing for one last time. You had Denarius McGee and Tanner Bluskin, Cody Kirk, Brad Daly on the Bobcat side of things, and you had Jordan Tripp and J.P. Kanagata and, and Brock Coyle and a bunch of great guys on the Grizz side of things too. And Brock talked all about how emotional that win was but how he felt that maybe was a little bit of a letdown after that just because they had they had beaten Montana State. They had ended Montana State's three straight Big Sky titles and three straight runs in the playoffs and all these great things, and then uh, kind of hit a wall. Did you re- what do you remember about that specific game first and foremost, Coach? And then secondly, is there such thing as a Kakaris hangover for the winner? You know, uh, gosh, that's like a three-part question. But, you know, the hangover part of it, I, I don't really believe in those things, you know. Uh, I think there's sometimes you, it appears that way if you don't play as well the following week. But, you know, you reference like Montana State and Coach Choate saying, well, maybe they had a, you know, after winning the first playoff game. But you got to remember who they went and played, too. No doubt. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can say what you want. You go to North Dakota State and get beat if you want to call that a hangover or if you want to say that you got beat by a better team, you know, because they've been, you know, they've been at the top of the, the rung. And, uh, you know, I know that when we went to North Dakota State, we probably played as well as we could for two and a half quarters and and you know then they got the game got away from us in the towards the end of the third quarter but you know that any uh, any time that whichever one wins that game it's an emotional high for the winner and a and an emotional low all-time low for the loser and you know again i i I, I just think you have to be mature enough as a team and as a staff to to put it behind you when whether good or bad and, you know, get ready to move on to what's next. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Mick Delaney joining us. He's the head coach of the University of Montana for three seasons. And uh, Coach... If we're nothing if not a bunch of tough sons of guns in Montana. Am I right about that? Especially <laughs> in the right, winter you're, time. You're right about that. And you know, so, and I, 
It's been interesting, though, because in 2007 with Wofford, and then when you were there, of course, in 2013, Coastal Carolina, a bunch of uh, a, a warm, hot, humid, climated football teams coming into Washington Grizzly Stadium in the playoffs and ice cold and zero degrees and all that, and ended up getting wins. And once again, it's not going to be that cold on Saturday, it sounds like, at Washington Grizzly, but southeastern Louisiana uh, will probably be cold to them when they get there. How much does that actually play into it when you have these teams from these warm climates coming to play in in uh, Missoula or Bozeman? You know, I, I, I that's really interesting. I think it's a, a real advantage, but you know, you can it can offset that a little bit too. I remember when I was at Colorado State, we had Dave Lay was our offensive coordinator when Sonny hired him when we got there, and you know, a San Diego guy, head coach at San Diego State, just a really really fine coach, and and. Uh, you know, we always talk to the kids, oh, you know, those California guys are soft. They come up here in the cold weather. And, you know, they don't like to play. And actually, Dave went back to San Diego State uh, after he had left us at CSU and, and came up to Fort Collins, and there was a snowstorm and colder than heck. And we look out there, and he's got all the guys running around without their shirts on and throwing snowballs at each other. And, you know, it it was a way I think that, and they played really well and they beat us. <laughs> and you know, you, you think about different things and that different motivation and, and that type of stuff. But you know, I, I when you haven't seen snow and stuff before, I, I think that again, depends on, you know, how you approach the thing. If, if you as the head coach and your coaches, you know, are, are, real concerned about having to change that climate type of thing, then the players, you know, they feel that and they, and they feel the same way. And if you try to prepare that, hey, you know, football is football and if it's cold, it's cold. And, you know, we got enough things with clothes that we can put on that type of thing, even though they're not used to it. But, uh, you know, I think it does affect some of them because it's a hard thing mentally, you know, even if it's not cold Saturday to look out and see snow on the, on the ground and the mountains and everything else. Uh, it's something I think that you've got to pay attention to. I don't think you can tell your players, oh, well, it doesn't make any difference, you know, uh, because it does. <laughs> It's like, you know, us going when I was at CSU again, us going and playing Virginia in August. You know, we played the Jim Thorpe game there one year, and and it was 96 degrees and, you know, 98 degrees humidity. And I'd never been in the humidity like that. I I couldn't believe it. And, you know, we ended up being down, I think, by six or seven at halftime and come back and won the game. You know, how we did that is, you know, in my mind was just we, you know, didn't make a big deal of it. We just, you know, had to do what we had to do and probably hydrated a little bit more. But like I say, when you're coming from the other direction into a a cold environment, you know, you've got, you know, undergarments and things now that can keep you about as warm when you're playing. It's the guys that aren't playing that get get cold or get too warm, too. No doubt. (laughs) Well, I mean, I agree with you, Coach. I mean, I remember watching... California, the California schools have now gone to night games for whatever reason in the Big Sky Conference. But I remember watching Montana State play at Sac State in a game that ended up sixty-three to sixty-one, and it was a one o'clock kickoff. And those Bobcat boys were hurting way more than anybody that's ever played in the cold because it was about eighty-five degrees. And those guys, they had no idea how to handle the California heat. But on the other yeah. side of that coin, take us back to that two thousand thirteen Coastal Carolina game because just for the pure fact of the record cold, it's an unforgettable game in the history of the state of Montana. I think it was the coldest game in the history of either Washington Grizzly Stadium or Bobcat Stadium. 
negative eight at kickoff before the before even the wind was included. What do you remember about that afternoon specifically? You know, ironically, uh, I, I knew it was cold, but uh, I didn't. I wasn't that cold. You know, again, just so involved in, in what was going on, and and you know, I'm sure if you talk to Brock, I I don't remember the players complaining about being cold. I know there were times, you know, when when your hands get real cold, but I don't remember their feet being cold or or you know it being just a. Uh, we had heaters. I can remember that, and and parkas and. You know, guys throw those on, and uh, again, the guys that are playing, it usually isn't near as, you know, hard on them as it is on the guys that are standing around and waiting around to see if they're going to play or if they're just playing on special teams, you know, and they're out there once every five, six, seven minutes. Uh, Then it's tough on them, but in all honesty, you know, I didn't realize that it was that much of a deal as far as the weather went that particular day as it being just so cold that you remember freezing. Uh, I don't know. I just don't remember being like that. Well, Coach, when you look at the uh, the Grizzlies now with Bobby Houck being back now in his second year and back to finishing the season at number six in the nation, or at least with a sixth seed as far as it goes, what do you expect out of this team both in this game and going forward in the playoffs, and where do you think this program is at? Because they've obviously improved and have shown signs of being, frankly, dominant in nationally elite teams, but also uh, have yet to beat Montana State uh, in the last four years. So where, where do you gauge the University of Montana right now? Oh, I, I think that, you know, they're right back to where they probably should be. I, I know coaches, Coach Alk a couple times has said, you know, they might even be a little ahead of schedule from what they had had planned on. You know, they're still very young on defense for the most part. Uh, you know, that the fronts, at least the front four are, are, are young, and they're going to lose, you know, two of their backers who obviously are not young and are really, really good players. But, you know, I, I think that they're – the way that they performed this season for the most part, other than maybe the Montana state game was, you know, was, was about where you would hope to be when you come in and have to make as many changes as, as, as coach out did, you know, when he came in just two years ago, now there were, I think 17, 18, 19 wide receivers on scholarship and nine offensive linemen. Well, you know, that's, it's in a year and a half, they've shored that up better than it was obviously way better than a year ago uh but not to where it was when i was you know when i first came back to montana with coach in in 2008 9 our our offensive lines were dominant you know big guys tough guys and and they're getting back to build back to that like i say i think it improved a whole bunch this year and and uh, uh i would say they're on schedule and you know whatever happens here in the next two weeks who knows but uh, they'll go out. The one thing they'll do, and, and probably the most discouraging thing to Coach Hawk was, is they didn't go out and, and play hard and compete, you know, for 60 minutes like they had in the other whatever games, 10 games during the season. Well, Coach, we certainly appreciate your time. We look forward to uh, the playoff run for both uh, the Cats and the Grizz here forthcoming, and we hope that now that you have a space between rounds of golf, maybe you can enjoy some football here too, you know. 
Oh, God, I enjoyed it. I had a grandson who was a senior here at Pete's Central this year, so I was able to, you know, kind of follow him the whole season and, and had a lot of fun doing that. They weren't a great team, but a good bunch of uh, kids at Butte Central. And, you know, I still was able to get down, and I think I saw three of the five home games and, and uh, you know, just really, really enjoyed the fall. And, you know, I had so many ties with with. Montana State, uh, people realize they're starting to, you know, Coach O played and coached for me, and Coach Armstrong played for me, and Coach Robertson, BJ, played for me, and I have a real strong relationship with Matt Miller's family from, you know, the, the Hunthausen and the Sturgars from from way, way back. So, you know, just, uh, it, it's really, really good to see two really good coaches at, at Montana and Montana State. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Less than 20 days from the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, or as I like to say, the longest party of the year. Am I right about that? Of course I am. Two-Tail Nuanas, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. This Saturday, get to Kurtz Polaris. It's the uh, best sale of the entire year by far one day only it's their seventh annual snow day it's a huge huge deal if you're going to the game you can go a little early they'll let you in they'll let you in early get get it while the getting's good in there chris polaris get everybody knocked off your christmas list in one fell soup chris polaris on saturday uh if you missed anything in the show you can check it out on the podcast the podcast available wherever you get your podcast go listen to the podcast uh uh well at your leisure that's the point of it it's on your time people the podcast available thanks to the wingate by wyndham hotel also, we're releasing uh, the second episode of the playoff version. Actually, I guess it's the third because we did two last week, but of the uh, playoff version of FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. So you can go check that out. The eight matchups against the spread uh, in the FCS playoffs. We'll break them all down. we got a bunch of great guests for you on that thing, uh, covering all kinds of teams all around the country. Uh, and so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll bring that to you and happy to have that up for you here very, very soon as well. You want to find us on Instagram at 1029 ESPN on Instagram and Twitter. That's where you go for that at Gus Tutel on Twitter and uh, at uh, at Skyline Sports MT as well for all your up to the moment uh, sports information. Congratulations to Ethan. Ethan won the tickets to the uh, Grizz game on Friday, so he's going to take three of his closest friends and uh, head over to see the Grizzlies at the uh, Adams Center against North Dakota. 
Uh, coming up this week, we're pumped up about this. We're going to have uh, Southeastern Louisiana head coach Frank Selfo. This is a guy who's been in the coaching world, high school, college, NFL, uh, his entire life. He's a lifer, but now just in his second year at Southeastern Louisiana, already has a, uh, a playoff win to show for it. And, of course, Southeastern Louisiana headed for Missoula this weekend. So we will uh, look forward to bringing you that interview. Also, Montana State running back Isaiah Infonse going to join us. Isaiah, uh, obviously going for 171 yards on 21 carries. It's pretty efficient in the uh, Cat Grizz game. Last Saturday, he got 10 carries for like 77 yards against UC Davis in his first real game back uh, from injuries out for most of the middle of this entire year, Isaiah Fonse, but an outstanding sophomore running back. We also pumped up about this. Joe Moglia, who uh, was the head coach of Coastal Carolina when the Chanticleers came to Missoula, won that playoff game in 2014 in the uh, just devastating cold. And they come from South Carolina, of all places, and come up and, and win the football game. I mean, that's a 42-35, I think, was the final of that thing. And obviously, uh, Joe Moglia, in a, a former life, was the head of, I think, America. Prize or Ameritrade, one of the financial investment firms and uh, a, a huge, huge uh, uh, tycoon in that world. I don't mean to use that disparagingly. Huge, hugely successful TD Ameritrade. Uh, if you've heard of it, you have. And uh, he was the guy who really kind of took that thing up to another level and then said, you know what? Football. That's what I'm into. And came back to the FCS to be a head coach. So we'll talk to him and bring that to you. It'll be fun. Also, yeah, Carolyn, chick who doesn't know sports, she's going to join us as well. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Uh, wanted to uh, make mention of this here as we wrap up on a Wednesday afternoon, but uh, the uh, Missoula Paddleheads, along with the Billings Mustangs and the Great Falls Voyagers, three teams in the Pioneer League who are part of the MILB that are at risk of no longer existing, or at least no longer existing as part of a feeder system in the MILB to the MLB, as there was, uh, again, you may remember this, a uh, uh, all 30 owners, all 30 Major League Baseball owners signing uh, a document that they said they were in favor of eliminating 42 minor league franchises across the country. Uh, part of a sort of streamlining process of minor league baseball going into Major League Baseball. And, you know, for folks that, again, aren't necessarily totally clear on this, minor league baseball isn't just 
um, it, it is a feeder system to to Major League Baseball, but it is it's its own entity. Okay, it is it is separate from Major League Baseball. Uh, uh, Ron uh, 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 Rob Manfred does not sit at the top of Minor League Baseball. They have their own commissioner, their own uh, administrative structure, and then yes, they have a relationship and a contractual agreement with uh, Major League Baseball, but it's not part of Major League Baseball as such, and so. When the owners at Major League, the Major League Baseball level, sort of want to streamline and cut down the number of minor league baseball teams that there are, um, it's not so easy as just saying, "Okay, we're going to do this." And now there's a conversation, and I'm sure a debate and an argument that's being had between minor league baseball and major league baseball right now uh representative lori trahan a democrat from massachusetts and david mckinley a republican from west virginia have come together excuse me to start a task force uh to stand up for minor league baseball to try and retain these teams obviously these are teams that are more prominently from rural areas, uh, and uh, and maybe you know are, are the smaller the the smallest of the small markets when it comes to baseball uh, from a baseball perspective, and so they are uh, the two folks who sort of sponsored uh, this task force and a bill to retain these forty two franchises. All three of Montana's uh, national congressional. Uh, 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 members uh, John Tester, Steve Danes, and uh, uh, and Representative Gianforte uh, are all uh, in promotion of this as well, which I guess makes sense when it's the three the three uh, baseball teams in your state that are at risk of of not being there. But what an interesting turn of events! I don't know, of course, what the outcome of this and what the task force can do and what what congressional influence there might be with Major League Baseball to retain that, if there's some sort of, uh, you know, financial ability to to supplement in some way uh, those teams. But what a, what a deal, particularly in Missoula, with brand new ownership just a year into this thing, then all of the work to do to do a, a, a complete, not just a name, but image overhaul from the absolute top down. I mean, it's easy to look at like hats, and jerseys, but you're talking about, you know, the website, the names on on uh, on emails. I mean, you gotta you gotta change absolutely everything, the social medias and so forth and so on. So it's a ton of work. It's a, quite a lot of money. I have no doubt to get all of that stuff done. And then within like two weeks of the release of the new stuff, they're saying, well, you know what, we might not have a team here at all. I mean, that is a pretty. I don't know. That's got to be a pretty discouraging thing to come out after all of the work that's been put into both the stadium and into, uh, you know, the, the, the updating, the changing of the names and the images and all of that. So it's something that we continue to uh, look at. But the, the point is today uh, that, that there's formally uh, a task force which presumably is going to either draft a letter or a bill of some sort to try and keep the 42 franchises as they are. What I haven't heard yet and what I will look for, what we'll look for and try to bring to you, is the more specific details as to why. Like uh, You can assume with hundreds and hundreds of minor league teams... uh, you know, dotted across the country that, you know, if you think about these like 
you know, corporate retailers or something, you know, some, some stores don't do as well as others. And so it makes more sense within the model of the corporation or something to close those stores and, you know, improve efficiencies or whatever. I don't know if it's something like that. If it's, you know, a fine, you assume there's a financial aspect to it or what, uh, but that is, you know, that is something that what the motivation would be for this, I think would be very much worth knowing and trying to understand. And then you could, you know, maybe have a, a response or an answer to it. I also think it's worth noting in Montana in general, um, the minor league baseball systems here, I think are really well supported. And I think in a lot of markets, they're not nearly as many attendees, as much money, as much, you know, oversight put into an effort put into the success of the product on the field and the, the experience of the fans as they go to games as there is in the state of Montana. And certainly that's been a major focus uh, for many years and especially now, uh, you know, even more so recently in Missoula with, with new ownership taking over, but in Billings and Great Falls as well. I mean, that's something, there's a lot of teams that go to those games. Those are nice facilities that they use. It's not that way everywhere. There's a lot of places where there are some some pretty tough spots to go play. We saw Helena kind of lose its team uh, and end up in, in, uh, in Colorado Springs. And if you've been to the Brewer Stadium, eh? You know, maybe it's not all that hard to see why you think maybe going someplace else might be a better option. But it is, uh, you know, it's an interesting time and space, and we'll continue to keep an eye on this story as we go. Sutel Nuanas, ESPN Radio. I want to remind everybody, Saturday, you know, you got football in Montana, right? Montana State and the Grizzlies both kicking off at 1 o'clock. We will be available at the tailgate party once again, Jason, to the walking bridge across from the Eastgate Shopping Center and on the air with your pregame show Saturday, 11 a.m. We'll be on the air with that thing. So you can tune in to 1029 ESPN Radio and uh, get yourself ready for the uh, uh, Grizzlies and Lions in their FCS matchup. Boys and girls, thanks for being with us on this very fine Wednesday afternoon. Hope you have a great rest of your evening and night. We'll see you tomorrow. Sue Tell is ESPN Radio. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.